0: Ladies
1: and gentlemen. Oh my god. Hey, hey, easy. Welcome. Recorded in British Columbia. We're listening to Pacific Sound Exactly Radio. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson.
0: And I'm Travis Noel.
1: Thank you for joining us on this snowy Sunday afternoon here at the Save on Meats restaurant in East Vancouver. It definitely feels like Canada outside. First time this year, though. Yeah. Kind of nice. Vancouver.
0: Not not a lot to compare it from, but... Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's nice living in a part of the country where the first snowfall is in January and not October.
0: Yeah. It is. It's just always a surprise. Yes. Yeah. Catches everyone off guard. It's like, it'll probably chaos rain.
1: It's been, yeah, it hasn't made up its mind as to whether it just wants to snow continuously or, because it's rained and snowed. It's like, Mm
0: -hmm. done half and half. Best and worst part are the manual SkyTrain drivers.
1: Is that a thing?
0: Yeah, when it snows, because... Oh,
1: yeah, because they have them... There, are, there is, like, the pad thing
0: mm. that they have.
1: I forgot that yeah. they actually, you can't drive those manually. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah. But it's fun. That's one way to put, describe the morning commute. The trains and,
0: are twice as full. Yeah.
1: Uh, anyways, enough about the weather. Um, this episode marks our first show of 2020. We have some great guests lined up. Uh, And some big plans for the show this year that we are all very excited about. And to kick things off, our first guest of 2020 is L Wolf. Uh, L Wolf is a galactic synth-pop artist who is open for the likes of Brooklyn-based indie rock band Widow's Peak, played a number of Vancouver music showcases, including Root Dwellers, Car Free Day, and Blue Light Sessions, and has collaborated with a number of local artists, including Diana Boss, Gabriel Savage, and most recently, past Pacific Sound Radio guest, Wesley Atiu. Elle Wolf is on the cusp of reintroducing herself with some new music this year, marking the latest phase in her career. And before we get to our interview with Elle, Travis has some news to share in a segment that we like to call the Weekly Roundup. Uh, what's in the news, Travis?
0: Well, not a great story to start things off, but the Pacific Sound Radio team is deeply saddened by the passing of Rush drummer-slash-lyricist Neil Pert. Pert will be long remembered as one of the greatest rock drummers and greatest Canadian musicians of all time. He passed away January 7th after a battle with brain cancer.
1: I, myself, am a pretty big Rush fan, and I was fortunate enough to see them twice. The first time was on their Time Machine tour where they played their classic 1981 album, Moving Pictures, in Full. And the second time was their tour for what would be their final LP, Clockwork Angels, which is a record that I feel uh, is the perfect song swan song for their 40-plus 40, 40 year career. It's actually their first concept record. As well, it was kind of had sci-fi. a cool sci-fi, dystopian, steampunk theme to it, which is very Rush. Peart is gone and Rush are no more, but the band's music, their legacy, and the joy that they brought to their legions of fans, myself included, will not soon be forgotten. Mm-hmm. On a happier note and a really cool note, local experimental pop band We Are the City have opened a temporary art space called the R.I.P. Store. On 568 East Broadway in Vancouver, the band will be using the space to rehearse for their upcoming European tour, screen their two feature full-length films, Violent and Ash, and will be giving fans an opportunity to listen to their new record, R.I.P., before its release date on January 24th. It has been hosting shows, I should say, since uh, January 10th, and they have a complete schedule of upcoming shows and events at the space available on their website at wearethecity.ca forward slash R.I.P and Elle has just joined us in the studio. How's your Sunday going?
2: Hey, good. How's yours?
1: Pretty good. Um, I was at a show last night, got home pretty late. I think I went to bed at like 4 a.m., so... Perfect.
2: Could
1: be a, Could be higher energy, but that's what Sundays are for, right? Yeah,
2: 4 a.m. is the best time to go to bed.
1: Except when it isn't.
2: <laughs>
1: so I have some kind of general bio questions because we haven't had you on the, on the show as of yet. Um, how did you get your start writing and performing music
2: um oh god i don't know that was so long ago i feel like that was like yeah that makes me feel like a million years old um i when i was a kid before i can remember um just started writing i guess um my uh my dad used to drive me to Cranbrook all the time as family's out there and my mom would work on the road and my uh siblings were older and Cool, and so my dad would take me to Cranbrook with him, and we used to play this game where, um, when we didn't have of like um, any radio because we're driving through the mountains, he would pick a topic or he'd like point at something, and I'd have to make up a song, um, which was really fun as a six year old singing about like I don't know, trees, rocks, yeah, really, it was great. It's clouds shaped as you know, rocks.
1: I mean, you get some uh <laughs> get some good songs going when you drive by a, a farm. I'm like, oh, there's five different animals I can talk about. Yeah. Yes.
2: It it was great. Yeah. I'm really surprised my dad didn't get annoyed, actually. He just totally fed into it.
1: I'm trying to think of a follow-up from there, but um <laughs> I I'm blanking. I blame the late night. That's um fair. When did you start performing as as El Wolf? How did that come to be?
2: Um well I I picked up my first. Acoustic guitar when I was 14, and just went under my real name, which my real name is actually Janelle Burston. Not very many people know that. Um, actually, that's a lie. A lot of people know that. Just not people from recent years know that.
1: I know your last name was Burston, but yeah. I didn't know L was short for Janelle. Yeah, it makes sense.
2: You, you know, I, I'm not a Jenny or a Jen, so.
1: I go by James. I'm not a Jamie. I'm not a Jim. There you I'm go. Not a Jimmy.
2: Yeah, that's like Christophers who go by Topher instead of Chris. You know.
1: <laughs> um, a friend, a college friend of no, a college <laughs> friend of mine. <laughs> okay. uh, his name's Chris, but everyone would call him Toph.
2: Okay, there you go. And I still call him <laughs> Toph. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know. Anyways, um, <laughs> so performed under that for a long time, and then I wanted to switch it up and um, change my style a little bit. Even though I didn't really change my style, I was still playing acoustic guitar. But um, to like launch a real project, when I was in early 20s and I went for a long time searching for a name which artists a lot of artists do and you never think you're gonna find one and it's a struggle I mean you had winter youth on the show as well they they know that struggle they helped me through it and we have together helped each other through that I think um, and then it just clicked one day I um I actually needed it for a class project um, I went to school for music management in the first year they were like okay like you've got to promote. So, what are you promoting in house? Like, oh, I don't know. And then it came slowly. So, yeah, I guess a couple of years, four, four years. Let me go four years.
1: That sounds right.
2: Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Time's an illusion.
1: Silly question, <laughs> but was the name is it just El Wolf that just popped into your head, or did you cycle through a bunch of animals before you?
2: Um, I cycled through a lot of stuff. There. um I had a note, like, section on my phone that had, like, a hundred names. I, yeah, it, there was, there was a lot. Ella B was an option, I remember, and then I was like, ah, I've just, I'm not hip-hop, and that sounds so hip-hop, and I wish I was, um, so yeah, it just kind of set, yeah.
1: Sometimes you find the right one.
2: Yeah, it was kind of funny, that happened, and then shortly after that, I um, became pals with a band called Year of the Wolf, and I was like, "Oh, d- damn it!"
1: <laughs> did, <and laughs> Too many wolves. Did you find out about? Wh- at what point did you find out about Chelsea Wolf?
2: Um, probably a couple of years after that. Yeah, she at least and spells it with an e at the end. Also, so. L King that came out after, and I was like, "Well, what's the point of anything?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is life?
2: <laughs> what is life? Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's, but there's no been. Uh, there's no L wolves. No other el wolves Oh, there you go. So we're okay. Yeah. I own the domain.
1: Don't come after me, please. <laughs> well, if you own the domain, it's like, figure out your own name.
2: Yeah, right? Darn it. I know. I should make a, a website that, like, well, there's there's the, the name creator that you can go on. Yeah, for, like,
1: random name generator. Yeah.
2: We just make another one, but for, like, indie bands.
1: I read somewhere that, um, you know, uh, Dolan Glover.
2: Yeah. oh he he did yeah Childish Gambino
1: he just got it from a random name generator that's
2: amazing yeah there's one specifically that's um, very popular that's very yeah I've definitely done it a few times it's fun yeah
1: yeah. I have a I have a note on my phone of band names Mm -hmm. and it's like 200 names long
2: oh yeah I've got band names um, album names and song names yeah I I wonder what the last one is that I put in what are you, well, what, gonna, what's your last I'm one? I'm going to pull
1: up. Yeah, I'll pull up my list.
2: Okay. Last one. Oh, got to, Oh, album names. Bride of the Atom.
1: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Isn't That reminds me of the title of a Ed Wood movie.
2: I'm pretty sure that I put yeah. that in right after. Or that might be Ed Wood, uh-huh. actually.
1: Have you seen the Tim Burton movie?
2: Yeah, I yeah. love Ed Wood. It's, it's perfect.
1: The, yeah, it's the best Tim Burton movie, <laughs> um, in my opinion.
2: I mean, I've, I've been in the studio with uh, Cody Taylor from Fiend Studios, who is magnificent and incredible and has um, helped me create this new sound. Um, but one day I went in, like the day after, shortly after I'd seen Ed Wood, and that just is now the running joke. Every time we do one take, we both just yell, it's perfect! Got <laughs> it, make it, perfect!
1: are like, you going to take another <laughs> shot for protection? It's just like, who needs no. another take that's perfect?
2: <laughs> it's good, yeah.
1: I love it. There's a, a film that came out this year on Netflix written by the same guy who wrote Ed Wood. Uh, it's called My Name is Dolomite.
2: Oh. About
1: Rudy Ray Moore and the filming of do- Dolomite and how he came up with the character. But there's one specific moment where they, I think it's in the trailer, where they do like a terrible, awful, like f- poorly choreographed fight scene, which is part of the charm of the film. And they, they you know, they, they finish the cut Rudy Raymore looks over at the director, who's played by Wesley Snipes, who's kind of a pretentious jerk. He's, like, really full of himself, and he thinks he's hot shit. And Rudy Raymore's, like, because he's kind of overweight because he's, like, in his 40s or whatever. And he's, like, gasping for breath. He's, like, how's that? And Wesley Snipes just looks at him. Well, Wesley Snipes' character just, like, pauses, and he's just, like, I see no reason... To do that take again, <laughs> and I, I laughed out loud at that moment. Oh,
2: it's so perfect! Yeah, it's it's gonna be well. I feel like Ed Wood should be a cult classic, just like um, The Room and
1: the. Oh, like his know. his films?
2: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, yes, but also just the film at Wood should just be yeah, another I'm su- one.
0: I'm surprised it's not as big as uh, we can start a cult. <laughs>
2: I feel like it's the time that it came out because it came out in ninety.
1: Uh, 5. I think it came out between like Edward Scissorhands and something else that yeah. Tim Burton put out. Yeah. I'm just surprised it's not as, you know, well-known.
2: It's a it's a gold it's a golden nugget. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: got a good cast, too. <sighs> Bill Murray's in it.
2: Yeah. Oh, Bill Murray is so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just deadpan.
1: Cuz I think they they have what what's that one scene where I didn't expect us to talk about Ed Wood that much, this much, but this is awesome. (laughs) Uh, The one scene where they have to get baptized in order to use, like, the church grounds for, like, a graveyard scene or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, because Bill Bill Murray is, uh, he's queer, and he talks openly about the fact that he wants to transition to being a a woman.
2: But he always picks the weirdest times to talk about (laughs) it. Yes,
1: the most inappropriate times (laughs) to talk about it. But, like, they, you know, they go through, like, the whole, like, Catholic baptism thing, and they're like, you know, what's the phrase? It's just like, do you... Swear word of word of God to like you know Jesus Christ. You accept Jesus Christ in your heart as a Lord and Savior. Blah 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 blah. And Bill Murray just pauses and goes, "Sure." <laughs> and they dunk him.
2: It's great. I love Bill Murray. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So good. Ed Wood.
1: Feel it'd be a good good theme for a, a music video. Ed oh. Wood.
2: <laughs> in what? In which? Just really, uh, really bad crawling out of grave scenes? Yeah, or?
1: you could just parody like parody one of his movies.
2: Yeah, that's fair. That uh, Or do it as um, uh, Claymation, the whole thing, front to back. Ooh. That's what Aesop Rocky did for um, The Shining, for his full album. They just paired did. it with... Yeah. Yes, he did, and it was so good.
1: I love that. Yeah. And that album's amazing, too.
2: Yeah, that's a good album.
1: Mystery Fish.
2: Mm.
1: Anyone who likes underground hip-hop who's not listening to Aesop Rock, go listen to Mystery Fish when you done listening to this but show. Like, back Not to right front right now, with The Shining. Yes. It's great. Aesop Rock as well. Oh, I like this. But I always th- want
2: to say, is Aesop Rocky? Is Aesop Rock? But did th- I say Aesop
1: Rocky? There's- did I do that to myself? Oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> no, I did. Okay. It's okay.
1: Yeah, I know. When I heard, I think one of my friends did, told me about Aesop Rock, and I was like, oh, don't you mean Aesop Rocky? He's like, no. No, no, no. Not even close. It's
2: confusing, though, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because Aesop Rock's definitely been around longer than the Aesop mob.
2: Yeah. Mob. Mob. Yeah,
1: yeah, I like it. Cool. Yeah. So, oh, and I actually forgot something because I know you had talked about Bride of the Atom, which is yes. how we started talking about Ed Wood. Oh, yeah, um, The last name on my list, my extremely long list. Which wow, you more got a than, big one. Yeah, I'd be more than happy to... to Where
2: were l- you when I need to choose a name?
1: <laughs> well... Some of these are Frankly Terrible <laughs> that I just thought were funny. One of the
2: names is actually Frankly Terrible. <laughs> there which
1: you go. It's a great name. Yeah, this is so... I'm going to put that down. But my one <laughs> before Frankly Terrible uh, was uh, Martini Police, Ooh. which I thought would be kind of a funny, be a good punk band or
0: like a cheesy yacht rock band.
2: Or The Killer's New Album.
0: There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going on that, I did randomly generate a band name for us. Ooh. Yummy play. <laughs> All one word. Well, hmm.
2: I like it. But can the A be an at sign?
0: Technically, yes. But But that's not what you don't want that. the gods of the internet chose. Oh, okay,
2: okay. Trust the, the internet gods.
1: Actually, yummy play with the A at sign would be like good for like a cloud rap yeah. artist.
2: Or um, a late night club.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the at sign. Yeah. They're kind of expensive with the neon, but yeah, I'm sure, sure they can they can do anything. <laughs> it's amazing what you can do with uh do they still use like blown glass for that sort of stuff? No. I can't remember. Oh, I don't know what's fluorescent tubing. I don't know. I literally <laughs> don't know.
2: <laughs> I'm really glad we started that <laughs> out. <laughs> yes.
1: So besides being a strong stage name, what makes L Wolf a different persona from Janelle Burston?
2: Um uh, no, we're the same. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No i just now. Um, I don't know. I feel like Elwulf just was kind of like a cover of being able to do whatever you, like, you, be who you want to be or, like, do what you want to do, you know? So, like, when I go on stage, I can just be, like, I can be confident in wearing weird stuff and getting, you know, silver face paint all over myself. Whereas, like, normally I wouldn't just do that, you know? I kinda, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I've always been uh, a strong supporter of, especially solo artists having some sort of stage name or or like project name.
2: Yeah, it. I mean, it works. It cal It helps like define what I'm doing in each time or like what I need to be or what I need to, you know, if maybe I don't know. It's hard to explain.
1: <laughs> I think I think I know what you're in at. Yeah. But yeah. You also want to choose something. We'll get into this, but you also want to choose something that you can kind of slot any sort of genre that you're exploring into it so, like, it, it matches up.
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I feel like it helps me keep focused as well. Like, when you're in, like, a wolf mode, it's like, okay, this is what I need to do, this is how I need to do it. I can be creative, I can be in my space. Whereas, like, Janelle and it's like, cool, now I have this other whole list of things that I can work on or, you know, I, it's so weird to explain It's, but it's a different mind frame for sure
1: mm-hmm. definitely this is in this next question is kind of in reference to a song we played earlier on in the program uh, you've been featured on dance tracks by Gabriel Savage and house music duo Diana Boss how do you get connected with these artists and what was it like working with them?
2: Gabriel Savage and I actually worked together at Commodore Ballroom and just we're great pals and he makes awesome music and so he asked if I did some vocals and I was over the moon and excited so I did Um, And that was really great, really fun experience. Uh, He's very talented and yeah, great person. So it's pretty sweet. Diet in a bus was kind of a funny one. I was feeling a little down and out as most musicians go through ups and downs and I was a bit on a down and didn't know what I was doing with myself, didn't know what I was doing with music. I was just writing a lot with my guitar in my room and feeling a little bit lost. And so one day I went on Craigslist onto the music section, like the opportunities, and there was this, um, yeah, uh, offer, this ask of a female vocalist to come do some songs, and I had never heard of Diana Boss, and... I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I had no idea what was going on. I answered the Craigslist ad. They invited me to their studio. I was very nervous. I brought a little Mickey of whiskey because I was meeting strangers and going to be writing and singing and recording without really knowing these people. And um, yeah, I had a couple of shots of whiskey. Uh, they are very amazing, supportive, creative people. Just so talented and it was an amazing, experience very epic um became great friends and uh did a couple songs with them and yeah it's been good there's been remixes it's been sweet yeah and they very much inspired a big part of kind of what i've moved into now What have kind of morphed mm-hmm. yeah they kind of planted some seeds which is nice
1: yeah and you even did a, a music video for west coast as well
2: yeah that was very cold
1: <laughs> it looked like it looked very elaborate too
2: yeah, that, um, I mean, if you want to know cold, you got to go to, I think we are not Lighthouse Park. Where were we? Um, basically right on the ocean in North Vancouver in October, November, in a summer dress, barefoot, on the rocks, in the rain. And then try running as fast as you can to the ocean and then try and stop before you hit the edge of the cliff where you would die. That's That's what I did. Over and over again. Um, they were very worried about me. I was very determined. I am an Aries, and I'm just like, I've got this. Don't worry. And then, yeah, that could have... I mean, if that was the end of things, if I fell, then that would be, like, a really epic way to go, I guess. It would really push the track. for. Died Dinobos. for art. <laughs> Thank God I didn't. Mm. Um, yeah, it was great. In between takes, they were like, Sam would just throw a sleeping bag over me. And that was nice, um, but it turned out amazing. They, yeah, it was very, it was a very cool experience.
1: Would you be looking to do future songs with them?
2: If we were in the same place at the same time and it came about in the future, I would be stoked. Um, right now, they are traveling; they're in Mexico playing a festival, and I've got a couple different releases coming up. So, it would be, it would definitely not be at this moment. But for sure, I love them and their music, so, yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah. Are there any local electron cars that you'd want to
2: work with? Joel West. One day. Joel West. We're playing the show together. He's amazing. Oh, nice. I love him. Um, But yeah, um, he's one for sure.
1: Yeah. I need to check out his stuff.
2: Oh, he's cool. He's uh, um, at Gorgamesh most... Nights, Saturday nights, I think. Yeah. Where,
1: where's Gorgamesh?
2: It's that after hours club that I've never mm. been to because it.
1: Um, oh, yeah, because they don't, don't advertise that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it exists somewhere. Yeah. Only the cool kids know where to it is. Know.
2: Um, no, I just, I never stay up late enough to go. <laughs> so.
1: I've got some friends who'd probably, <laughs> probably been there a few times.
2: Yeah, I hear they have a very wide variety of Gatorade. So that's cool. Uh yeah, <laughs> but cool. He plays there and he's he's sweet. Yeah,
1: nice. Mm-hmm. And this kind of this ties in nicely into what we've been referencing a few times on the program, kind of the fact that you've been going through a bit of a transitionary period here. Uh, Twenty nineteen marked this you know last year marked a turning point for you as you started to incorporate a lot more synths and digital percussion into your music. What drove you to move away from your rock and folk roots and adopt an electronic sound?
2: Um, a wise musician once told me that when you have a full writing block and you can't do much and you're feeling like you're stuck to just switch instruments. Um, I think also working with electronic artists had really sparked something inside of me, and I wanted to go back to keys because I played them when I was, you know, like 10 and I loved it. That's what I started with. And I feel like. I just something just never really sat right with playing acoustic with the full band, and I really wanted to create and explore and um, get a bit weird. And um, I fell in love with a Nord A One, and it's a synthesizer that's now my just it's my dream um, and my first love. And uh, I just kind of went for it. I yeah, I got that, and then started writing with that, and still didn't know what I was doing. And then, I guess before that, even I saw um, Jack Garrett. Do you know who Jack Garrett? is?
1: not familiar actually.
2: Okay, so I saw Jack Garrett play at the Commodore. I was working one night, and they he just happened to be playing that night. He is a indie electronic artist. Not even electronic, but he's like indie synth pop from um, Ireland. Um, he plays um, a synth. And then he also has a trigger pad, and he's got a kick drum, and he's got an electric behind his back, and he does some looping. And he, just how he had his setup, it was so cool and so mind-blowing to me. I wanted to try something similar. So I'm kind of building up. um, I kind of started building it around the inspiration of how he had his setup. So I got my synth, started writing, ended up going and getting the same trigger pad that he uses. Um, which is a Roland SPD-SX and um, geeked out on that for a while and slowly have now been creating, I mean, slowly. I feel like I kind of really have been on a marathon run, but um, yeah, I've been writing a lot and it's it feels me. It feels right, finally, which is really cool. I then went and played in Toronto last year with this setup and a friend of mine, Ben Rowley, who is plays in Super Pyramid. He's great. Um, he told me I should call Cody, who is Fiend Studios. So I did. And we're just the perfect musical fit, which is great. And so we've just been in the studio working on more stuff. So it kind of was like, a, in very true elbow form, a klutzy, falling, um, you know, hitting everything as I go, uh experience where i am now finally just like feeling stoked it's
1: like a like an avalanche but like a good avalanche
2: yeah kind of i feel like i'm (laughs) nothing graceful about it but it was fun
1: or maybe a cheese wheel (laughs) is that a thing i feel that's a thing where they have like cheese wheel rolling competitions am i making that up
2: if you are i'm into it
1: travis can you look that up for me
0: yeah, it's definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing.
1: I'm just trying <laughs> to think of what would be a better analogy. I it, it's
0: kind of dangerous. It's not it, good for the cheese.
1: <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to eat the cheese.
2: That's such a waste of cheese. I know, I'm, right? I'm a huge cheese lover.
1: I'd say it'd be a Wisconsin thing, but I don't think they have that many hills
0: there. Uh, near Gloucester in England. Ah, uh, oh, that, that does sound like the an English Cooper's thing. Hill Cheese Rolling and Wake.
2: Do they eat the cheese after?
0: Or do they have a funeral for the cheese? This is a lot of information I gotta get back to you. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, get back to us on that. Okay. I feel avalanche would be a cooler cooler comparison, but I thought Cheese Wheel would also be make-
2: It was definitely one or the other.
1: Barrel roll. There we go.
2: An avalanche of cheese. Is what what it was. There's
1: an album cover. Oh it's, like it's like Nacho Mountain and
0: <laughs> There are usually thousand a thousand of injuries each year. Oh god. Yeah, no kidding. Like, what speed do the (laughs) the cheese wheels get up to? How big are these
2: cheese wheels?
0: Uh, Usually seven to nine pounds. (sighs) Holy
2: shit. This does not sound Gouda.
1: (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) No, that sounds like if you got that up to a certain velocity, it'd be like getting hit with a hockey puck. That would hurt. Oh, man. Yeah. Damn. Hmm. Not to be too morbid, but have there been any fatalities? Like any...
2: And what do they write on your tombstone if that <laughs> is the fatality? <laughs> death by cheese. Death
1: by cheese. I'm glad that isn't common practice. <laughs> they can write cause of death on your tombstone.
2: Oh, that would get so weird. Yeah. Yeah. And sad. Yeah. But also, like, how many people would then just go to cemeteries and be like, just out of curiosity? <laughs> like, I don't know. Am I morbid to think that? I feel like a lot of people
1: would just be like, what happened? Huh? Killed by a beaver. All right. <laughs>
2: That's the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: okay. I thought of like, what's an animal that like has definitely killed people, but people don't associate with, with death? When you say beavers it's... definitely kill people. Pardon?
2: When you say a beaver has definitely killed people?
1: I think so, yeah. Really? I mean, okay. they're, they're giant rodents. Like people have been killed by like rat bites and stuff.
2: Oh, I guess so. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Like diseases. No, yeah, like, I, I don't think been out of the water. mauled and
1: by a in. beaver, but okay. Oh, you know, you're thinking like a gator.
2: Yeah, I was. That's, <laughs> that's what I pictured. Or maybe, <laughs>
1: or maybe like a total like Woody Woodpecker like uh, Wily e. Coyote thing, where like the, the beaver like crushes a tree on somebody.
2: <laughs> Actually, that's likely.
1: Yeah, there we go. That's probably a, that, that would probably be the most likely cause of death, supposed to getting mauled by a be-
0: by a beaver. There
1: you go. Any any fatalities, Travis?
0: Um, not that I've seen, but well, uh, one to seven people have to go to the hospital each year.
1: Wow. Probably from getting hit by a cheese yeah. wheel. Probably. Yeah. Dangerous. Le- learning so much today. <laughs> so besides, it was Jack Garrett, right? Yeah. Yeah. So besides Jack Garrett, who were some other artists that inspired you to make the sonic transition? Um, Where do you draw inspiration from more broadly?
2: I think I get inspiration from a lot of things. I definitely got into Fantagram and Purity Ring around the same time. Um, so that was cool. I, uh, yeah, I think just I think a lot of people just inspire me, you know? I think there's just inspiration in everything. It's kind of hard to not pull it in in one way or the other.
1: Those are both two good bands to be inspired by, I'd say, in terms of electronic. <laughs> Have you seen Purity Ring before?
2: I haven't seen them live. I am obsessed with their KEXP
1: performance. Ooh, I got to check that out. Oh, it's so good. I have had a chance to see them live. I'm bummed they haven't released anything in years.
2: No. Well, they had their two side projects, right?
1: Oh, okay. They came
2: together as friends who were both doing other things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was just hoping they'd keep it going because the two albums they released were really, really really good.
2: Yeah. Maybe one day. Hopefully.
1: Especially their first record. Yeah, it's one of the one of the better albums of the past decade, I think.
2: Yeah, I would think so as yeah. well. Very good driving album. Yeah, I know you usually think like acoustic guitar, kind of like you know, indie whatever, but like their electronic stuff. So good. Yeah,
1: Could really, just make a playlist of all the artists that we've been talking about on the show. That actually might not be a bad idea. Mm,
2: there you go.
1: Do you have a favorite uh, *Purity Ring* song?
2: The one that always gets stuck in my head, and I always forget the name, but it's that, I'll be the moon, you'll be the earth, and when we burst start over, oh darling, begin again. Is it called Begin Again? I think it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a good one.
1: I like um, Body Aches really good. Body Aches. I like that one.
2: Um, or what's the one where it's um, uh, Crawl Up My Spine, uh, uh, you know, um, Shrine, uh, Shrine?
1: Shrine, or hold on. Just, uh, it's go. called Shrine? Let's just check. Check the old Spotify. Uh, Fine shrine, I think is the name of the song. Yeah,
2: that's a good one. I used like used to be very much a um, well, I still am very much like an English rock um, fan. Like Arctic Monkeys are my favorite. The like mm-hmm. Strokes. Um, even that's not doesn't really count. Uh, vaccines. Um, uh, peace is great. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it just kind of turned into electronic
1: mm-hmm. recently. So, and how has this stylistic change impacted your live show? Like, what adjustments have you had to make as a performer?
2: Oh God, I threw everything out and started again. <laughs> just burn it down. <laughs> um, it's completely different going from because with my live show, I'm playing on my left hand. I'm playing synth. My right hand, I'm drumming on a trigger pad, um, which is completely different just from acoustic. It's. Um, it's taking a lot more to, um, like hand-eye coordination, uh, which as a clumsy person is a difficult thing, but it's good. I, I write a lot with, uh, logic now, which is great. I was using Ableton and then just switched over. Uh, it was just easier for me and I liked the system better. Um, yeah, a lot of trial and error. I find this kind of, this project has made me a lot more of a hermit. Where I just hide at home now with my headphones and just write things, as opposed to before I'd want to go out and do things. Maybe that's just my age. I don't know, but yeah.
1: I mean, there's this whole subgenre that's kind of developed thanks to the advances in been recording technology, like the whole bedroom pop thing. Where like, yeah. oh, I can just do it all myself. Yeah. At home.
2: Yeah, it's very true. Um, I mean, I like. I write the songs and I still love going into the studio. It's just different. And also working with somebody who's so talented and actually knows what they're doing as opposed to me just like hitting a MIDI controller. It's a little better.
1: Yeah, and it's I imagine it's it's nice to be able to like demo on your own and it sound pretty pretty good, but obviously go into the studio and polish it up.
2: Yeah, and I'm still like the stuff I write on my and I'm doing on my own is what I use live to trigger. But yeah, it's like the only song that's gonna be coming out. On the 24th, I'm releasing Queen, and that's one that me and Cody did together, um, which I'm very excited about. That's going to be fun. It's going to be a good show.
1: Mm-hmm. And we'll definitely definitely get into that uh, in just a bit here. Um, let's see. When it comes to touring, what would you say are some advantages of your new live setup?
2: I don't know if advantages is the right word. <laughs>
1: Or, or is it? <laughs> is it more challenging now? I don't know.
2: It's a bit more challenging. Before, like, I could just go and plug in my acoustic guitar, and if the system didn't work well, then we'd all sit around, and it's fine. Now it's there's just more techie stuff going on.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so it's a bit more challenging sometimes, but when it's smooth, it's great. So it's fine. I do like being able to do it on my own, which is nice. Um, I was playing with a band as well, but we didn't tour. It was always touring solo. Um but it's good to be kind of on your own because I I find it easier to be able to just be in control of situations. You never have to be, like, on the hunt for one of your bandmates who drank too much, and, you you know, you don't have to wake people up early. It's just you do your own thing.
1: Accountable to yourself.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Which is nice. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good. Sometimes it's lonely, but it's good.
1: I I imagine part of the thrill with all touring and traveling as you get to meet new people
2: yeah yeah so that's good and when you're touring with other bands it's really fun um we did a really cool tour uh we did a Halloween tour so myself Nixie and Vernon's October Poppy uh we played shows out to Calgary Red Deer I'm back for Halloween, and we had just like Halloween sh- like parties every night for a week. It was great. It was all female musicians. Um, we got matching ghost tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Yeah.
1: Halloween and was it in Red Deer? That was the that was the Halloween show. <laughs>
2: uh, the f- on Halloween we played Kelowna. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but we did. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was fun. I have um I have a thing called tattooer, and every tour. I convince whoever I'm on tour with to get matching tattoos with me. I am three for three. Three for three? Yeah. Three for three. I've got uh, matching tattoos with winter youth. Uh, we have this lake is an ocean written on our side, which is sounds very deep, but is a great inside joke. I mean Wesley Wesleya, too both have tattoos that say can i be in your band and, <laughs> and then we have the ghost tattoos with the girls
1: so is it a like charlie brown ghost it's
2: um, I, you no one else can see it but here in the it's station the it's the radio but yeah, you can see it it's like is like the, the charlie brown it's a ghost. yeah sheet ghost yeah it's a stick and poke
1: you ever see the movie ghost story no i would highly recommend it all right is it
0: like a depressing toy story <laughs> 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 oh, God. Uh, there's, there's,
2: I really hope <laughs> that's what oh, it is God.
1: see that there's part of me that's kind of like man I would love to see Disney try and like remake this and try and make it like family friendly <laughs> so Ghost Story is a it's, a it's a pretty dark film in terms of it's about a, about a man who, who with, a, with a young wife um, they've only been to, been married and living together for a few years and he suddenly dies and like an a automobile accident. And he becomes a ghost. And the way that they depict the ghost is the sheet ghost.
2: Ha. Yeah. I like that. And, I love sheet ghosts.
1: And the whole film, the fi- there's not a lot of dialogue. It's a very very um, atmospheric film hmm. in that it's really more about the f- thematically from what I, I got out of it. It's about death and time and memory and your place in the universe because this character is a ghost and he can still obviously see what's, what's going on around him, but he sees like time gets all, all warped because he's been a ghost forever, so things are falling apart and changing quicker than like, because that's, uh, it ties into what do you call it? Um, they've said that like your sense of time speeds up the older you get.
2: Oh okay, yeah, yeah.
1: So they kind of build that in. Anyhow, it's a it's a fantastic film. I highly recommend it's uh, ghost stories. Yeah, it's a uh, it's on the artier end of things. So mm. it's one of those films where you'd want to just turn off your phone and just sit and watch.
2: I like I like those movies. I try and turn my phone off whenever I watch movies. Yeah, but also I just I tend to go to the Rio to watch movies all the time, so it's like, no phones. Oh yeah, that they also make helps. Ep- like excellent short. Videos at the start of their movies about no phones. <laughs> I like them.
1: Think they've had uh, Kevin Smith do a few, a few oh. of those.
2: <laughs> I not that I've seen, but I'm sure should. Oh yeah, uh, they had
1: they had one where he basically walks out onto the onto the stage and he just like he's playing his silent Bob character and he's just like shh. Yeah, amazing. Yeah,
2: that's cool.
1: Mhm. But yeah, ghost story, highly recommended. Um, with a new sound, of course, or of course, or often uh, comes a new look or visual aesthetic. What has the rebranding process entailed for you?
2: Um, It came really naturally. Um, I, as anyone does in their mid to late 20s, went through some interesting experiences um, where I started to try and really focus and learn what it meant to be human. And that sparked the idea of aliens which is fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So uh, learning, like, especially in the day and age of, um, like, the Me Too movement and just, like, supporting people for being people, and um, regardless of sex, gender, or, you know, race, anything, it's um, learning what it is like to be a human being from, like, almost an alien-like perspective is really fun. And, uh, yeah, that kind of coincide with the galactic kind of synth sounds that I was creating, and then the themes that I was writing about. So it kind of went from being this, you know, woodland folk artist to galactic alien space kid, which is great. I love space. I'm a very sci-fi dork. So, um, yeah, it just kind of happened.
1: There's not a lot of UFO stuff that I follow, but I know an iconic image (gasps) is usually, you know, someone who gets beamed up into a ship if they're, like, in the woods or in the desert. So (laughs) you can kind of make that transition, like, oh, it's just beamed up.
2: Yeah. 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 It's great.
1: (laughs) Well, there's also, and I imagine you're, because you mentioned you uh, were wearing, like, uh, you've done shows wearing, like, silver face paint and stuff like that. I imagine there's um, some influence you can draw from, obviously, you know, David Bowie with Ziggy Ziggy Stardust, because a more contemporary example I could use would be, like, Grimes or FKA Twigs.
2: Totally, yeah, all great and very inspirational artists. So very much, yeah.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and you, it, we kind of uh, referenced this as per the as per the tattoos. You've been working with uh, singer songwriter Wesley Atu, who we've pre- previously featured on the show. Mm-hmm. What what can you tell us about the songs you've been writing together?
2: They're pretty cool. <laughs> Um, They're a really cool mix of his um, folk style and my now more poppy style. He's extremely easy to write with. We kind of became friends very quickly, very easily, um, and rewrite together very easily. Um, We put it a little bit on hiatus just because we both have these releases coming out. Um, but Howl Two is the name, and hopefully, be kicking back into it and get some shows organized for summer. Um, it's kind of it's just like a fun side passion project.
1: Nice, and the the project's called Howl Two. So is that like two as in the number or
2: Wesley a two? Oh, it's
1: the okay. two
2: part of a two, and then ah, Howl is go. the wolf part of Ah.
1: Yeah. There Howell we go. Too. Yeah. Nice. And are you thinking like a EP or something like that?
2: Um, we, I don't know. I think definitely at some point, hopefully, well, hoping to get and record some stuff. It's, we've both just been so busy. It's so hard to get it together. So we took a little bit of hiatus over, um, he went away for a while on a big trip and then two more and then Christmas. So hopefully coming now back after the release, he's got his EP and got my single. So yeah, after that. It's like one of those things, you know, when you're you're with your pals and you're like, yeah, let's hang out, yeah, yeah, when you're free, yeah, yeah, cool, 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 cool. Like a month later, you're like, shit, when are you free? <laughs> it's just Vancouver's busy and crazy. So hopefully soon, hopefully summer. That's we keep on saying we need to nail in a rehearsal day. So
1: it reminds me of a I think I saw a meme where it was that yeah, it's like you, yeah, leave college and you try and schedule a hangout with your college buddy, but you keep rescheduling until one of you dies.
2: Yeah. But that's not good. Well, that doesn't happen with me and Wes, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. We used to like meet every week in the summer just to do more writing. And yeah, writing is so awesome with him. He's just like such a talented guy. Super great. But yeah, it's busy lives.
1: hmm <laughs> Well, you both have your own thing going on, yeah. so.
2: Yeah. And he's amazing. He's, yeah. If anybody, if you, if you guys are listening and you haven't seen Wesley 2 play yet, go and see him because it is magical.
1: Yeah. Yep. Can test. Had him on the show. Yeah. We can go back and listen to that episode. Had him in the snug? We did, yeah. In yeah. mm. the snug um,
0: tasting room. Yeah, I that think was you thing. can find that video on YouTube. That did video he have his, be his
2: kick on that point? with his? He had a kick drum?
0: No, I believe I it was just so. him with his
1: acoustic.
2: He's worked that in. That's oh really nice. Yeah. yeah. It's very shaky graves. I like it. Ooh. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's a good way to add another element to it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's much cheaper than getting a drummer.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I drummers are hard to find in the city. I tell you. Yes.
1: Yeah. Almost any city, I feel, or any music community.
2: <laughs> drummers are hard to find.
1: Uh, there was a <laughs> there was a web comic that I f- saw once and I could never find it again. But it was, I think it was a local music community. and It was a uh, upside down triangle, and it was the the top of the triangle was vocalists. The Second layer was guitarists. Near the bottom, it was bassists, and then drummer. And the drummer has a little speech bubble that says, "Yeah, I'm in three bands already."
2: <laughs> yeah, i <laughs> even basses. I feel like all the basses I know are in multiple bands.
1: Part of the reason why I have just kind of stuck with bass because I'm like, well, yeah. I can always find work.
2: There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's good things. Yeah,
1: always a always a demand for those rhythm players because oh. they're so essential. Yeah. But uh, parents don't want to buy drums for their kids.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't understand why. Yeah.
1: I'd almost be, if I have kids, I'd almost be, and they have any inclination towards music, I'd almost be tempted to say, you're learning drums. Trust me.
2: Yeah. That's <laughs> Trust true. me. You'll thank me later. <laughs> yeah. Even if they don't have any inclination to in music, just be like, do you want to just like hit these for a while? And then you won't be so angry.
1: Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, here, son. Here's a, uh, here's <laughs> some metal music. Just, just play along with this.
2: Don't do drugs. Or don't do drugs. Just hit this thing for a while. And then they're like, Cool.
1: Or, or don't break that thing, just smash this thing. Yeah. yeah,
2: there you go. We just fixed the world's problems. Yeah,
1: there you go. Just, yeah. <laughs> just, you, you give birth to an entire generation of five-year-old death metal drummers. It's oh, fantastic. Oh, that would
2: be so cool. <laughs> <sighs>
1: uh, why do I want it for this, I'm now envisioning some sort of manager going like, no, I want I wanna like the youngest death metal band ever and they're all like 10 to 12 years old. <gasps>
2: That would be so good. <laughs> and they wouldn't even have to, like, worry about, you know, um, vocals that are, like, about the devil and death and, like, <laughs> decapitation or, like, all the, like, scary stuff that death metal, you know, goes off about because they would just be like, wah, 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 wah.
1: Exactly. They could say right. anything. anything. It doesn't matter. so They don't even have to be intelligible.
2: <laughs> I should be really careful here. My boyfriend plays in a death metal band, and I'm like, oh, no, death metal's great. <laughs> I love it. they yeah, great shows. Depends. You just don't know what they're saying, so just, it's fine.
1: Just depends on the band. Yeah. Some That's are more fine. intelligible than others, vocally. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure your boyfriend's <laughs> band is great.
2: They're amazing. They're, they're fucking, sorry. They're You're allowed very, to swear. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah. Fuck yes. <laughs> they're No, they're amazing. They're um, extremely technical and, and yeah. What are they called? Am I allowed to plug in? Yeah,
1: yeah no you're on the show you're you're plugging your own stuff so yeah
2: it's fair demon cleaver Ooh, yeah that's a a
1: solid metal band name yeah Yeah, that is a death metal band
2: they're in the studio now at the same time so uh being in a relationship with two people both in the studio at the same time is quite uh funny because both of us are like ah then we record and then we feel bad i'm like okay then you get all tense and scared again and you yell what does he play guitar okay Yeah. yeah To nice. the top of the pyramid.
1: Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, near, near the top. It's, it's vocalist and then guitarist. Even yeah. though, I, though I find there's a lot of crossover, it's about the same volume yeah. of people. Yeah. Like, no, I want to be center of attention.
2: But, like, horns and violin, where are you at, you know?
1: I think that occupies the same sort of zone as bass. Okay. I'd feel. Yeah. Because, okay. like, not as common, but more. Because, like, I don't know, there are kids that do, like, you know, trumpet and saxophone and stuff like that in like high school band. Hmm. So yeah, you know, there's a true. little bit more people. They didn't offer strings at my high school though. Oh, but I should have. I should. And saxophone. If I'm being perfectly honest, my first instrument was clarinet.
2: I wish I did drums or like percussion. Yeah. I did. I was in choir. So.
1: I mean, that's I useful know. for what you're doing now.
2: I know, but I wish I had a bit more. Yeah. You know, we all want. Any musicians like, I wish I knew more. My yeah. It's a curse.
1: Formal training's not required, but it helps. Yeah. If you want to get better.
2: Yeah. So a bit more theory would be nice. You know?
1: Yeah. It's the same sort of thing. My philosophy on theory is that, like, theory's not required, but it's good. It's really helpful to know and to have some basic knowledge of.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or it's the required depending on what you're doing.
2: Yeah, I used to very much be like, oh, the less I know, the more I can be creative. And now I'm like, I need to know more. <laughs> Don't have enough.
1: Well, it's like chord structures and how certain notes, why this combination of notes works together well and why this one does not. Yeah. yeah. When you're Completing a kid, you're just praises. like, all
2: the minors will be fine. But yeah.
1: All the minors are <laughs> fine if it's metal. Yeah. Yeah. That's my problem. I find when I write stuff on my own, like I, I like writing riffs, and they're they're very minor key, and I'm like, ah, oh, damn it, <laughs> I keep falling back on the minor minor key stuff. Oh,
2: I I always do. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, just means we're
1: sad. Yeah, well, it's just <laughs> it's either sad or like evil, and evil stuff sounds cool. So yeah,
2: that's true. That's uh, very true. Yeah.
1: I just blame it on me being a Black Sabbath being my favorite band. So
2: that's fair. That's uh, a good. That's good though.
1: Yeah. For whatever reason, it's Black Sabbath. There's so many bands that I got into because of them, so
2: Black Sabbath rules. So, hold on to it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I think
2: they're better than Zeppelin, but
1: that's just me. What was that?
2: <laughs> I didn't I didn't hear anything either.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? No. <laughs> oh. So okay. that's the show. <laughs> a, we're not ending it there. That's just my opinion.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Tweet
1: at me if you want. <laughs> I will I will I will fight people on this. <laughs> Um, another thing that we've, uh, that you brought up, uh, was that you've been working with, uh, Cody Taylor Fiend Recordings on new material recently. We've also had him on the show.
2: Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah,
1: oh. Uh, quite a while ago. I can't remember who else was on the show, but yeah, it was, we've done, this is episode 90, so. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. We've been at this for a bit.
2: Happy
1: 90th? Yeah. We're, we're, we've got some ideas. We've been talking about what we want to do for episode 100. Ooh. Yeah. So we're still figuring that out, but we'll we'll try and make something.
2: All right.
1: Trying to do, do something special. But what's it been like working with uh, Cody, and what have your sessions entailed so far?
2: It's been awesome. Um, I, I think it's always kind of hard to find your voice in the studio. Um, for me, anyways, <coughs> it was always hard to find my voice in the studio. Um, I didn't really know how to say what I wanted or, like... I don't know, you, you go in with an idea or you go in with a song and then to build around it, I felt like I didn't always know how to keep control. And so first day I said I was coding, I, was, I told him that. I was like, I don't know, uh, I have a tough time talking. Like, I, not talking, but I have a tough time communicating. <laughs> I can talk forever, but communicating is another thing. He's awesome with that. He, um, he braced, like, he, he'll think of a sound or kind of a, an idea and he'll put... A different synth inside of me like the juno we, i love messing with the juno and he puts it down in front of me and he'll change um the tones as i'm playing it and he'll allow me to kind of have control and create the beats and create different um ideas and then he just helps support me in that which is really cool it's a really great partnership where he i feel very empowered doing it i feel like the music that we're creating is more me because of it which is awesome and yeah kind of we've created a really cool friendship it's a lot of laughs which is sometimes difficult when the songs are you know sad or about serious things and we can't stop giggling but it's it's great yeah super cool
1: has he had any sort of guidance or direction that he's been able to provide in terms of like i guess the songwriting end of things for you
2: so far i've kind of come to him with with full songs but mm-hmm. he does a lot of um, like before we record the song we sit down and I'm like okay is this exactly how we want it to kind of be set out and he'll be like you know I don't think this is necessary or this like part is a bit too long or whatever and so together we work on making it shorter so he definitely has um, I, I tend to write really long songs so he's like okay let's <sniffs> tighten that up um, so he's definitely great of with like organizing my thoughts and he's really great at making different beats which is nice so yeah it's he takes the, the songs from like, a, you know, 0. 0.2 to like a million very quickly, very easily. It's
1: so the curator.
2: Yeah, yeah. 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 He's great.
1: And I guess in regards to the recording process, that's because I don't know much about how electronic albums are, are produced. Do you record any of the stuff that you do with like the physical synth and the drum pad or is it all stuff that's pulled from, you know, the computer?
2: Um, I, I don't understand how recording electronic music goes either. <laughs> I come from like an indie, like the folk world. So yeah. Um, what I do is I, I write the songs on synth and then I come up with the ideas, um, with playing with my, um, MIDI controller on, um, Logic. And then I send him my demo of what I have created. And then he pops in, we re-record my synth part. And then we use different, either synths or different, I like a MIDI controller with different sounds, um, through the programming that we create. Um, and then I take some of the samples that we create and I put them into the trigger into my trigger pad for live songs. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's a bit of a. Yeah. It's a bit of a trek, but we get there. Um, With all the stuff I play live now, it's everything. It's what I've done on my own, except for Queen, which now those triggers are going to be Mm -hmm. there. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, but that sounds like a good way to ensure that while you are working with like triggers and synths and stuff, you are being able to recreate it live as much as possible.
2: Yeah, that was a big worry for me when I first went into the studio because I had no idea. I hadn't done it yet. I didn't know how to... I mean, I, I did with my own things, but not with what we were creating and I was worried about not being able to translate it live. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. Um, there so, you go. Yeah. I'll be playing yeah. that for the first time on yeah, on the 24th. So mm-hmm. it'll be good.
1: Yeah. Well, I know you've, uh, there are some videos online of you playing at the Duncan showroom where we've got the new live setup going, which is yeah. cool.
2: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's an older one. It's in the summer. I feel like things change so quickly in this world. So it's like, I look back on that like it happened a million years ago.
1: But it was just a few months ago. uh,
2: Yeah, it was the summer. God. yeah.
1: And how would you writ large describe your new batch of songs, especially in comparison to your earlier work?
2: Um, I I was laughing with some friends because we were coming up with uh, excruciating long genres. um, Excruciating like painful long genres. And we came up with dark galactic, dark howling galactic surf synth. Indie pop. That's a lot. Yeah, you know, pretty spot on. Yeah, yeah, alt, alt, indie alt pop.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I will admit with Queen because I haven't had a chance. I've listened had a chance to listen to it. I, I don't hear as much surf stuff, but I'm no, sure that there's
2: that's kind of come out a little bit in the in the in the waves.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but then again, I find surf, especially in terms of like indie surf rock, it isn't even in reference to original surf rock anymore. No. It's like this kind of broad term it's like how indie means something but it doesn't
2: yeah and i think like what i was writing at the start was more like that now it's more like instead of surf it would be i guess alt yeah it's getting a bit more dark a bit heavier i think like i dancing and also crying at the same time you know
1: there's um trying to think of a good example of that because uh when my previous band broke up i actually was thinking about pursuing some sort of uh pop project with the drummer from that band but i've obviously we, we talked about the new project that i'm i'm working on but um one of the bands i was thinking of that would be a cool uh artist to draw from would be have you heard of the band health no they're really cool they um the vocalist has this uh very depeche mode chino marino sort of style of singing where it's very like light and kind of lilting okay. but the music is it's melodic but it's like very big and chunky and kind of is this industrial weight to it
2: all right yeah dope i like it
1: Mhm. that's cool you should do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that's a whole other thing I'd, I'd have to take uh your pathway and like learn ableton oh, and yeah it's <laughs> all this yeah. and stuff
2: it's worth it yeah let me tell you it's fun yeah you get there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Gotta see how this new band goes. <laughs> but yeah. Um what lyrical themes are you exploring with this new material?
2: Um, well, with Queen, this one's been an interesting one. It's through kind of like a transition of trying to figure out where you belong in the earth. So the lyrics are I could be your queen, but you don't want me. And it's kind of the idea of, you know not knowing where you stand in the the earth and feeling like you're in this kind of in the community and feeling like not accepted for whatever reason. Um, I've seen a lot of different things happen in like, um, like trans community and, um, LGBTQ communities, especially seeing different bills that were passed with schooling and stuff in Alberta and different things that were happening in the States and people not being able to express who they really are because of fear of being attacked or, you know just really assault of sorts so the song's kind of just about finding acceptance in the world so that's one theme
0: okay
2: <laughs> and then the next single which we're working on right now the working title is called arobitch uh, which is like aerobics, but aerobitch. Um, also not a bad
1: band name. Right? Yeah. yeah.
2: I think I'm going to be changing the the title of it. There's a lot of thoughts on that. I won't get into it. <laughs> but that song is very much about uh, seeing a lot of people just working their asses off for what they want and the frustrations of then stumbling into others who don't want to put in any work for what they want and are upset that it's just not coming to them. Um, they're accepting like upset with their privilege not being so uh forceful I guess. I don't know. It's just different experiences of what you've had um in that which is I don't know. Yeah. It comes from all sorts. Yeah.
1: Well, it sounds like you're talking about kind of personal responsibility and ownership to a certain yeah. degree. Yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. Obviously, I obviously haven't read the but lyrics that one's but going to be fun. I'm really excited we've got some video ideas and I've got some cool people behind me on that one. Yeah, and it should be should be great. The, uh, the course is I Work Hard and You're Just Art. And um, it's kind of harsh. That's why it's called Aerobitch. Aerobitch. Because it sounds like you should be doing um, aerobics to it because it's very like <laughs> 80s dance almost. Um, but this, the words are pretty harsh. Sorry. I'm sorry for being mean in them. I don't mean it to any people, but yeah.
1: Yeah, you know. it's. Sometimes I like it when artists are blunt sometimes.
2: Yeah, you've got to. I mean,. Art is a way to get out emotion, so mm-hmm. therefore sometimes it can be harsh, but that's okay.
1: I also love the, the juxtaposition of happy, bright stuff with <laughs> not so happy lyrics.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's also really great. I feel that the sarcasm and stuff, it's always. I love sarcastic songs. Yeah.
1: What do you have in mind for a future release? Like, can we expect a. EP or an LP or more singles
2: 2020 is the year of singles I'm excited so we have the single dropping queen uh it's on January 24th we're doing a big show with the toast collective Joel West will be playing that also my pal Jessica it's gonna be very spacey and galactic and uh tickets are limited so definitely jump online for those um and then the second single will be coming out in uh spring early spring and then a third single in the summer, and then a fourth in the fall, and then hopefully by then it'll be back in the studio for an EP. But I feel like 2020 is just, just a year of singles. Just love it. Just pop them out, you know?
1: It's a good way to keep in the in the news cycle, I guess. That's a, the not the term I was thinking of. But, you know, <laughs> you, you're on people's radar a little bit more frequently when you're coming out with a new song every few months
2: well and how things are kind of set up with me with this being so new I'm still consistently writing so I'm not ready to jump into a studio for a full AP but I do have these songs that I commit that I'm like oh man like want to share this like this is really exciting to me and I sent Cody and Cody's like yeah let's do this this one's sick I'm like, cool <laughs> just get on it so um, yeah I can't not be recording them but I can't it's just not EP worthy yet you know
1: I imagine it's also kind of easier to just go, like, no, I'm just going to record one song at a time with yeah. the same person, but, you know, space it out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's what? like a month in between each
1: one kind of thing. Yeah. I imagine it's a little less daunting than going, oh, I'm going to go in and record four or five, six songs.
2: Mm-hmm. We have to focus, which is nice. Yeah. It's good.
1: Mm hmm and it's just easier. Like yeah. I don't know, I with the band I was just in like we recorded two farewell singles mm. and it was nice that it just because it was only two songs it didn't take that long.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I feel like it's not overwhelming with time or like yeah, financially even. You just can kind of like slowly work your way through.
1: Just yeah. Like- it it blows my mind that some bands and this is this is probably like kind of a older mm-hmm. music modern music sort of thing, but, like, when you hear stories about bands, like, going into the studio and, like, you know, not even writing anything, and then going into the studio to write, and their albums, like, take months yeah, months, if not years, to record and finalize, and you're like, what are you doing?
2: Well, like, do they have jobs? I'm sorry. This is what I was thinking about, like, these, like, uh, yeah, obviously that's their job, but it's just, like, crazy to me. Like, can you imagine? That would be the coolest thing in the world, to be like, I'm just gonna go to some f- tiny or probably huge studio out in the middle of wherever and write and record an album over a couple of years. Like, wow.
1: At the same time though, I find, uh, that it's sometimes oh, we got a guy walking past with a very cool, uh, DJ piece of mm-hmm. art. <laughs> he's trying to sell it. Nice. Um, <laughs> at the same, t- I was just going to say at the same time, I know there's like, there's plenty of stories of bands that like, Took too long on records, and yeah. it just got stale and bloated. Yeah. Like I think the the third Oasis record, Be Here Now, is a mm. good example of that.
2: Yeah, that's true. But also, artists who rush into it, and then you're like, oh, why did you rush into that? It's not, Ooh, just, you know. Yeah,
1: I yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't like it when artists rushed. I'm not sure if you saw the new Star Wars movie, but that was my issue, <laughs> my primary issue with it. They're just like, oh, let's wrap this shit up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> fair
1: enough.
2: At least there's not a scene with a Starbucks cup game of thrones
1: oh, oh. <laughs> well we won't dwell on that for for too long because i think that's a whole podcast in and of itself <laughs> and you know plenty of people have talked about it already but yeah i with that i you know that that's uh, as with star wars i'm like okay you could have given yourself a little bit more time and maybe mm-hmm. planned they it did, out a little though. better
0: they gave themselves an extra year to make that
2: how much time do you think cats gave themselves?
0: <laughs> Have you seen that movie? I refuse
1: i I did and well, so I saw it uh with my sister on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. we were both like we we're like, oh, we're gonna see it this ironically, our morbid curiosity got the best of us because we're like oh how how horrible could this be and <laughs> it i in there I would recommend it. To certain people with the foreknowledge that it is a uniquely terrible film. Perfect. It's a perfect shitstorm of a lot of different things at once. Once, I don't think I'll ever see a film like quite like that ever again. Yeah. Because of just the fact that, okay, we're adapting a Andrew Lloyd Webber musical based off of T.S. Eliot cat poems that he wrote for his kids that has no plot. Or barely any plot, so yeah. that's the first. And then
2: try and make the cat sexy. Oh,
1: sorry, it's easier to me. do with costumes and live performers. Yeah, and there are people into that. <laughs> no, no shame. No shame there. Not I, shame I anybody. I, like, I have a
2: cat, and I think my cat's sexy. But like, to I don't know. I just thought, to, was it just me that thought it was weird that the cats had boobs?
1: I was more fixated I on the. Should have the, had like six. On the human. <laughs> right? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, no. I was more fixated uh, on the fact that they had human hands and feet. Oh, that's, And human yeah. noses.
2: Yeah. And just um, some weird alien species.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's one of the most visually ugly films I've ever seen in my life.
2: Oh well. Yep. Well, they, at least they've I, got that going for them.
1: But I would, I would recommend it in terms of it being <laughs> like I, I wouldn't say see it in theaters because if you like watch it at home, take breaks because you might need them. Because I was, you know, I was seeing there were actually people in the theater, so I was being polite and I had to, I had to laugh silently, but I was, I was shaking quite a bit.
2: Oh God!
1: Because there are just a few moments that I, I just uh, I couldn't handle it. No, <laughs> yeah. that's fair. No. Mm. But yeah, that's another good example of like you you look at some projects and you go, you had so many talented people working on this and you had so much money involved and how, why, what?
2: It's forcing creativity when you've just got to like try and let it flow, which is way easier said than done. But yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That film especially, there's just, it's so many questions. (laughs) That's another film and thing that I could just talk for way too long about but yeah but you have a new single
2: yeah which
1: drops later this month
2: i'm so excited yeah
1: what made you decide to pick this song as your first single to mark you know this new phase of your career
2: uh it just felt right i don't know it just um i was very excited like when you i feel like when you write something when you write a song there's a feeling and either you're like like fuck yes this is this is the one this is I'm so stoked on this and you just like, you want to listen to it as well. Like I'll record it on my phone and walk, go on like 40 minute walks and just listen to it on repeat to see if, what I should fix on it, what I should change. And if I still like it at the end of the walk. Um, and this was just one of them that would just, just stuck. It just, yeah, just felt, it felt real. It felt good. And I got excited about like the feeling of it or like in the sound of it. So it just, yeah. It was, yeah. When you know, you know.
1: And you know, you know. And you, know, I've, we've talked about this. You've alluded to this a, a few times, mentioned it on the show. Just want to get into some more details. So you have the single release show planned for January 24th at Toast Collective. Um, what can you tell us about the artists that you're sharing the stage with and what excites you most about the show?
2: Um, so we have Jessica. Uh, she is a... an, an um, a want to say galactic but only because she has this really awesome space suit that she wears sometimes she's a very sarcastic pop um queen she is got like some snarkiness to her she definitely a lot of sass um she's really smart and it comes across in her music she's really funny um uh yeah she's great she's amazing um she writes stuff that's Sounds happy, but the lyrics are like, fuck you. It's great. I nice. just, yeah, I just love her. Um, and then we have Joel West, who he is an amazing electronic producer, uh, DJ, who's closing down the night. Um, he runs Groundwork, uh, which is a local electronic um, label. Um, and
1: uh, isn't uh, Diana Boss on that label?
2: They are, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and that's going to be a lot of fun. He gets some really cool house beats going. Um, yeah, it's gonna be great. We have a couple different uh, lighting uh, technicians coming in, nice. which is gonna be real fun. Um, gonna gonna rent a smoke machine. Do it. Yeah. So that's gonna be good. Yeah, it's gonna be great.
1: Yeah, I and uh, there's something I I uh, I saw nothing. If you're familiar with that band, they're a they're a contemporary shoegaze band. I saw them play at Biltmore, nothing. I think, early December. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, if you're into into that sort of stuff they're they're worth worth a look if you like alt rock cool if yeah. some songs that sound very very nirvana in a good way
2: cool yeah I it.
1: but they uh you know you've, you've probably been you i know you've been to the biltmore before Biltmore's not the biggest venue in the in the world mm-hmm. but they their stage show is like stadium sized in terms of presentation yeah I like love a lot that. of lo, a lot of backlit and it's like they had triggers and stuff like that going and like they're not a huge band i mean they're a they're a touring band they're a successful band I feel you're, you're doing something right in terms of making sure that where you can have that, having the, the, the stage show with all the lighting and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always good. It's always fun. You can kind of uh, experiment in both the presentation and in the music. Yeah.
1: I feel it's just, um, yeah, it, it just adds so much
2: mm-hmm.
1: rather than anyone just like standing there and playing their instrument.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I feel like that's what I did with Acoustic Guitar, so being able to experiment and explore a little bit more now is is definitely, yeah, getting there. It's fun. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. What else do you have in mind to promote the song Queen?
2: Um, We are uh, hoping to get it on some Spotify playlists. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to be, well, I say we, it's, it's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just the so used to it. You know, we, <laughs> um, I'm kicking off on tour at the start of May, um, out to Toronto and back, and that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I get to play with the Killer Kills in Calgary and they're sweet and Krill Williams. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. Just playing a lot of shows.
1: And yeah, so got the, those shows in Alberta, uh, and I know you had, you've, you know, you played in Alberta last year, and you also played in Toronto last year. What else do you have in the in the works touring wise for twenty twenty?
2: Um, that's the big one for spring, and then summer. I'm hoping to have a couple festival announcements, um, and then uh, keeping local I festivals for the summer, um, fall for that. Uh, hoping to have that next single come out as well, or one of the singles come out in fall. Um, I'll be announcing some more shows going further inland, which is nice. Um, yeah. A lot of like mini tours, nothing cross Canada yet as far, I mean, Toronto, but nothing further than Toronto at the time.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, next year we'll be kicking it further, but yeah.
1: Nice. And I understand you recently partnered with a video production company and you're working together with them on some new live and conceptual (laughs) videos. What company are you working with? And what can you, what info can you give us about the projects you've been working on?
2: Uh, they're called city zero, Um, and they are super awesome. They do live music videos and conceptual music videos. They have some really awesome ideas and, um, yeah, they'll be at the show as well on doing like some stuff for live and that'll be great. Um, and then the next single we'll have a music video with that one. Um, and that'll be a lot of fun. I don't want to give too much away with that Mm -hmm. one yet, Mm -hmm. but
1: yeah. Okay. So no music video plan for Queen, but no, nope, just next a live single. video for Queen. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's, that'll be good. Cause that's the other thing. Video. <laughs> Need the video.
2: <laughs> oh, the art's so fun with it. We've got some. We've got some cool plans Ooh. for the next one. I'm very excited.
1: Yeah, I'm looking yeah, forward to seeing. There's a lot it. of
2: people involved with that one.
1: That's gonna be cool.
2: Yeah, lots of locals, lots of um, lots of faces. I'm sure you you will recognize.
1: Oh, most likely. It's probably been on the show or at least connected to someone who's been on the show at this point um this has been great um how can listeners check out your new music and keep up with everything you're up to
2: um so on instagram facebook all the works l wolf um the uh, queen will be dropping on the 24th on all streaming platforms so check that out um yeah just you know holler at me online i'm there
1: it's just l wolf all the
2: yeah, El Wolf. All the tags. El Wolf Music. Yeah, all of. You're the crosswalk. only El Wolf,
1: so. I'm the only El Wolf. Yeah.
2: Uh, website is LWolfMusic.com. So there you go.
1: There you go. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's been a lot of fun.
2: Cool. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm.
1: And thanks for listening. We're your host, James Olson. And Travis Noel. Travis, how can people check out what we're doing
0: online? Ah, you can check us out on Facebook, Pacific Sound Radio, as well as Instagram, at Pacific Sound Radio Twitter, at Pacific S Radio YouTube, Pacific Sound Media, as well as our website, pacificsoundradio.com.
1: If you know a local band or artist that you think should appear as guests on our show, let us know. Fill out the form on our website or send us an email to talkpsr at gmail.com.